Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in youth ministry for over 17 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. Hey, thanks to Alob for the intro music. We love you, brother. Alob. He is actually in town, I think, in Dallas, um, either soon or, you know, yesterday. I'm not even sure. For 635 it was Wednesday. up yeah, in Dallas. Yeah, for the yeah. So that, what they're doing up there in Dallas is ext- outstanding. I think that's, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a movement, not just a moment, and that's oh, yeah. what I love about it. Absolutely. One of the, that's, and I think that may be just one of the things you, you can do in a big city like that. I mean, we're, I'm in Bryan, Texas. This is not exactly a, a huge, you know, <laughs> metropolitan area. You know, so what do you, I mean, the 635 is a young adult-focused ministry, and they're, yeah. filling, they're filling this large space with it. And you're in Bryan, which is just right next to a university that has 55,000 young adults. Yeah, you probably can't pull that off. In well, I mean, Brian. they do pull it off. They, I mean, they have a night called Magnify, you know, and Dave Moore is actually involved in both. Dave Moore has his hand in so many really cool things. Um, but Dave Moore is a musician or has been this whole semester at Magnify, which is a very similar thing. But Magnify is, from what I can understand, specifically Catholic, whereas 635 is actually a lot more ecumenical, if you will. It, it, they're inviting all young adults, not just Catholics. Okay. I think I understand the vision a little bit differently, but... Really? Y- yes. All right. Maybe I don't understand the vision. Well, maybe maybe I don't understand the vision, <laughs> which brings us to our topic. <laughs> Some people don't understand the vision of fundraising. And Good so, segue. To- that was much better. I was like, how in the world does that connect to our topic? Because we just went on a weird tangent. But you really did a good job of that segue. You're, you're really good at this, Chris. And it would have had good flow, too, if you wouldn't have added the color commentary, Matthew. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Maybe you're right. I tease. I tease. <laughs> so here we go. Today's topic is death to fundraising. Yep. And uh, Matt and I are very passionate about this topic. Matt has uh, leads the ministry of Blaze Ministries, and they are all missionary fundraised uh, yep. people, l- like the focus missionaries are and, and things of that nature. But... They don't ever do bake sales or um, car washes. And nope. that's when we talk about death to fundraising, that's that's what it means. Fundraising, fundraising in a large way has failed us. Finances cause stress. People talk about um, a scarcity instead of a God of abundance. But here's here's one piece, and this is kind of a scripture verse that I want to lead us out, out of the gates with, is Matthew 6, 2 through 4. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your almsgiving may be in secret, and your Father who sees you in secret will repay you. And so one of my issues with fundraising is that it gives you a treat for giving uh and, and all of a sudden, the, the aspect of charity gets a little bit diminished because of that. Whether it's a cookie or a raffle ticket, you know, a chance to win a $500 Visa gift card or things like that. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that those don't have a role in, in ministry. I, I was just at our parish gala a couple of weeks ago, and it was outstanding. But at the same time, this scripture verse kind of talks about the reality that if we have benefactors who are anonymous to the world, known only to us, then there's a, 
a, a spiritual grace that's increased in regards to that aspect of their charity. Well, and I think you may be talking about two different things, but um, we both, I think, have very similar thoughts on this. One is if I give you something, then you give me something. And that's something that's messed up in, in fundraising and selling things and stuff like that. And both of us have, you know, an issue with that to a certain extent. But then also um, the whole idea of making people's names known that have given. I feel like those are two separate things. You know, thanks to like, and again, blasting it out there, you know, as to who gave what. Does that make sense? Yes. I think those yeah, are two e- separate e- issues. Either way, there's an exchange, either an exchange of material goods or I'm a platinum donor instead of yeah. just a silver donor or whatever. Yeah. 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 Or, or an exchange of goods. Yeah. And that's, that's one of those things that is, it's hard because, and you've said this, Chris, you know, is when, and I think you kind of just said it, but just in a different way, when you give someone a cookie for giving you $5, you've then just kind of taken away the eternal gift that they, that they would have received had they not received this, you know, temporary cookie gift. Exactly. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> so the the other piece is I believe that uh, traditional fundraising is inefficient. Yeah. Amen. I mean, this is where, you know, one of, you mentioned earlier in the podcast that at, at Ablaze, we have missionaries who raise their own support. They raise the lion's share of their own support. So these missionaries that raise their own support, these are 22, 23-year-old students, and they're raising multiple thousands of dollars a month, you know, so that they're raising their salary. That's So if you look at what they're raising over a year, they're raising $20,000 a year, roughly, right? Because the least that we allow them to raise is what I would consider uh, a living wage for a single person. That They cannot raise less than 24000 a year take-home, right? That's a lot of money. And we balk in our youth ministries, we, we, or in our ministries that, oh, you know, we, we can't raise more than $5,000 a year because, you know, we only get so much from our bake sale or we only get so much from, you know, selling fruit or whatever it is, chocolates. Just in regards to the bake sale, let's say you sell each cookie, each individual cookie for $5 a cookie. $24,000 would require 4,800 cookies. <laughs> That's a lot of cookies. That's a lot of cookies. <laughs> yeah, so our argument is, you know, that you you take the same idea from the tool that we use, which is a book called The God Ask. You take that same idea and you sit down and you have face-to-face meetings with people and you make an ask. You ask for a specific amount of money. Now, obviously, you got to get a permission from your pastor to do this. Say, hey, you know, Father, I, I really want to raise X amount of dollars for this year to help subsidize or whatever our events this year. You know, because summer camps are expensive. 300 yes. bucks a pop? Like, there are so many kids in my church that are not going at that expense. And, I, and if the church, if we can help them defray some of that cost in some way, then we need to do that. And so you make those arguments with your pastor, say, hey, you know, I'd like to raise $25,000 this year. These are the people that I would like to sit down with and, and ask, you know, is that okay? And the pastor will say yes, no, whatever, you know, but that's, you, you have to have a compelling reason as to why and show him how you're going to do it. But most parishes aren't doing stuff like that on their own. And so for you to do it, you're not really competing with anyone in order to do that. So why, why aren't most parishes doing it on their own? What prevents people i guess in my mind it's easier for me to ask someone for money if i'm like hey but you get a raffle ticket or 
there's this exchange of of goods. And so that takes that takes the fear away because calling someone up and asking them, "Hey, can we have $500 a month for our our ministry?" That yeah. that is intimidating. That is scary. Um and that is something that I oftentimes haven't felt like trained in or empowered in. It's just like mm-hmm. so I just call them and say, "Show me the money." It's like, "Not exactly." <laughs> you know. Um so what are what are some of the the reasons why traditional fundraising actually seems more appealing. And I think it's because of an exchange of goods. It, it feels like what everything else in our society feels like, yeah. an exchange. And maybe it's that, like what you're saying, is that consumeristic mentality has bled into fundraising and, and what tithing is all about. You know, I give you this, you give me that. There's an exchange, and that's mm-hmm. consumerism. But that's not what fundraising, and that's not what donating, and that's not what tithing is about. And it's it's... It's, it goes even deeper because when we talk about what tithing is really about, it's also about sacrificial offering. Yep, absolutely. It's not just about, hey, if you have some extra money, if you could toss it in the bucket. And I've seen that in regards to right around tax refund or something like that. You'll hear a stewardship blurb or mm-hmm. like estate planning. If you're not here anymore, you're not going to need your money. So remember <laughs> us, which again is important. And those are key times to remind people that they've been blessed with money. However... Um, a tithe is actually a, an offering, yeah. And and an offering shouldn't be from an abundance, but yeah. an offering actually should be from the gifts that the total gifts that God has given you. And yeah, I and think traditional fundraising frown, uh, or ignores that is demissive of that. Well, and I think there's a, I don't know, there's a certain level of I don't know if intimacy is the right word, um, but when you're sitting in front of someone and you're telling them your vision for what you you want to do with your ministry, with your parish or whatever. And, and then you make an ask, there is a, I don't know, there's a, an intimacy there that like, it, it's so much easier for me just to stand up at the pulpit and ask everybody for money, a general you know, appeal, a general appeal, but cause then I don't have to sit down face to face and have a relationship with them. Uh-huh. You know, that doesn't make a lot of sense, but it is easier in a way to do that. There's less investment on my part, in a way, if I if I just ask generally. Okay, so I'm hearing that we have a distinction between traditional fundraising or kind of a, an exchange, right? Like a, a bake yeah. sale or an, or an exchange um, versus another type of fundraising. And again, I've called it death to fundraising, but we're not actually saying death to fundraising. Yeah. We're saying death, death to consumer fundraising. Yes. Yes to benefact supporter uh, raising or benefactor raising. Um, Did you say death to benefactor raising? No, yes to. Oh, yes, yes to. Okay. I was yes like, wait a second. <laughs> affirming. Um, so th- those those two distinctions are important. And one of the key areas, I believe, is that a vision gets communicated instead of a product getting communicated. Yeah. And that is something that I think we need to lead with vision so much. You know, there's that book, Start With The Why, and I think, yeah. oh my goodness, sacramental years are not about jumping through hoops in order that your child can get the sacrament. Sacramental years are about children and families encountering Jesus Christ in a special, unique way. There's an extra focus this year, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And uh, and so I think that that connecting people with the why is so vital. So, so they go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, like, just think about this. And, and I know we have pastors that listen to this. We have DREs and youth ministers. And imagine 
you're a you're a pastor in a parish. You have something that you want to do, man. I really want to die. I really want to reach out to the the young church, young adults. But you know what? I don't have money to hire someone to do young adult ministry. Okay, you have this passion. Now think about ten people in your parish that you could ask to give a little bit more. Let's say you have them each give an extra, you know, four thousand or so for the year, right? Ten people an extra $4,000 for the year. I guarantee every pastor that's listening to this knows 10 people that can do that. That's $40,000. That's not too shabby for a beginner young adult minister. Now let's say you, you, you go ahead and find 20 people that can give four. Most pastors can probably come up with that or a few that can give eight and a few that can give four. Think about it. Well, now you've got a salary for $80,000. You can probably get one of the best young adult ministers in the nation for that because of how little we pay (laughs) in the church. Now, it should be more and we should be working to push higher, but it's not that hard and it's so much easier than, than we actually think it is. So if you and especially when someone has a vision, when someone has that why and they come to you and they ask, there is an excitement there from your parishioners. There's like, wow, I love where we're going. I want this. Yes, I'm behind you, Father. Same thing would happen for a DRE. Same thing would happen for a youth minister. You just have to sell that vision to the pastor first, get permission to sell that vision to his parishioners, and then boom, you're going. Okay, so I'm one of our listeners, and I am so excited. That sounds amazing. $80,000 for someone to go ahead and dive into ministry. Like I would just love for our DRE to be full-time, not part-time. Like That would be amazing, right? Yeah. And so I'm... I'm dreaming much smaller than you, Matt, but at the same time, I still see a hurdle. Yeah. Okay, so Father gives me the names of five people. What am I supposed to do next? What's the next step in regards to like raising a benefactor? I think it, it all depends on where your stage in the relationship is. Now, asking as a parishioner you know, or as a worker in the church, it's going to be a little different than what we do as far as missionaries, but it's not going to be all that different because they already have a relationship with the parish. And so you are specifically asking in a way on behalf of the parish. Uh-huh. And again, you have that vision, you know, father, you know, really wants to have a full-time DRE. So if we're going with your example, sure. the father or the parish has really discerned that, that we, we need to have someone in this position full-time this is what we're going to look for. This is the, the future that we see when we have this person on full time. And we would like you to, sorry, I'm, I've skipped ahead, haven't I? Uh, we'd like you to partner with us. We'd like you to increase your annual giving by $5,000. And, and so we're, shut up. we're in a and room you right shut now. Up, right? You shut up and you just let it go. And you let that silence, that heaviness sit there and wait for them to answer. So so we're in a room now with like the five people father asked and all five of them are there like at the rectory? No. No. Okay. Not at all. So this is where we back up a little bit where I said that we'd gone too far. Yeah. So you want to have you want to have a, a sit down coffee or lunch face to face with these five, ten people, whatever it is. So you're gonna have a phone call. You're gonna call them and say, Hey, Sally and Jeff. You know, me and, you know, father so-and-so would like to meet with you over coffee, you know, in the next week or so. And it may just be that you want to meet with them. So you make the phone call, not a text, not an email, phone call to talk to them and then ask them if they can meet with you in the next week or two. You set up that meeting and then you show up to that meeting and then you do exactly what I just said. You're looking, you want to have face-to-face meetings 
with people and you make those asks. You share the vision. Yep. You affirm their role. Hey, we're asking you because we've always seen you so supportive. Yep. When your kids came through the program, you were there as a catechist or a hall monitor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we believe that uh, you have kind of a charism to support this. And so we would like to ask you, and then you make the ask yep. for an, uh, for $5,000. And we know you're already generous, $5,000 this year, or because you've been so generous, $5,000 this year. And then you're just silent mm-hmm. for 30 seconds, for 12 minutes. They I mean, just say the next, just, like, no matter you just what. Wait. You just wait until they respond. You know, and, and it's kind of a fun little waiting game. I don't know. Sometimes it's a little terrifying. Um, but yeah, what's the longest? What's the longest you've had to wait? It really, I mean, 30 seconds feels like forever to everyone. And so I would probably say 30 seconds because it feels that long to them as well, not just okay. to you. And uh, in your experience for your asking, uh, because I know you've probably had what, roughly 100 meetings like this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what is the, uh, what's the, is it more positive than negative? Like, yes. have you got more yeses? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have gotten no's, and I've gotten no's where I was surprised that I got a no. Um, but I have definitely had more yeses than no's. And I, I have a feeling, because I've always done this for a ministry, you know, as a missionary, and more often than not, those of us, I mean, the Catholics just don't get that. Um, they don't understand the whole missionary model. So I've, I have a feeling, and I haven't done it at the parish level, but actually I have for different things. Oh, hey, we need to get Bibles for the youth group. Could you donate, sure. you know, for the Bibles? You know, I've had, that's happened. I, I have a feeling you'd get a lot more yeses at the parish level. Again, if your vision is clear, you're going to get a lot more yeses at the parish level than you would necessarily at a missionary level. Because people understand the parish level a little bit more than they understand the missionary. Now, even if they say no, I think that it's important and it's actually uh, something that we underserve our community in is giving them opportunities to be charitable. Yeah. I think about this. We had a youth ministry intern and they were uh, getting pizzas from the car. This was a big a big summer event. So I asked them, you know, let's go get 40 pizzas. So they're walking in and they're much shorter than I am. And so they're carrying, <laughs> you know, five, five, six pizzas at a time. And they're heading back to their car. And I, I pulled her aside and I was like, hey, why don't you have teens help you get the pizzas? Mm-hmm. And and she was like, no, no, it's okay. I got it. And it really was coming from a good place. She wanted to sure. serve the teens. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. You, I'm, I'm now telling you, you need to have teens because then you have a shared experience together. They got yep. to help Absolutely. build their youth program. They got to help. And this is asking people to help build their parish. And I don't think we ask that enough. We ask them to help be a part of their parish. We ha- ask them to help engage their parish and even support their parish. But when you get to the vision level, that's when you're asking them to help build their parish. And outside of capital campaigns where they're literally helping build their parish, like, <laughs> you know, yep. build a church structure, yep. um, we don't make that ask. But I believe that, uh, I believe that there's a desire in them. And there's also a calling from God to to have that type of invitation. You know, and, and I, w- I would love to see or hear from anyone who would pose this question to a pastoral council, um, whether it's a pastor or someone on, on their uh, parish council or pastoral council, to ask the people there, if we had an extra $50,000, if we had an extra $60,000, what ministry would we invest in? You know, ask that question to the, the pastoral council and see what they say. 
And then if they say, oh, you know, we really need youth ministry or, oh, we really need an RCIA coordinator or, hey, I did it again. Or we, uh, we need a, uh, we need to have a full-time DRE, whatever it is, say, okay, great. I think we can raise that money. And, and I want to do that. Who's behind me, right? And then you might have a, a, like a team of five people and then you're each doing two asks, right? Right. Like it's, it's not that hard. And so again, having that vision behind what you want to do, where do we want to go? Because I know we can get there, you know, have that vision of where you want to go because financially we can get there. That is not the problem. We have an abundant God and he wants to bless us. And if you have to repeat that mantra over and over and over again, until you understand it and believe it, do it. I have my missionaries do the exact same thing. Amen to that. Amen to that. And and here's the cool thing is you can make this a challenge to where last year your spaghetti dinner raised, let's say, $3,000. This year, you're going to try the benefactor seeking and you're going to make 10 asks. And each ask is going to be a $500 so that you can get those kids on the mission trip or that you can have VBS supplies or that you can whatever it is and go ahead and just change it because... Even if you fail this year, if you're like only five of the 10 people, I have a feeling that you're going to be like, but we raised more than the spaghetti dinner. <laughs> like, yeah. So, you know, hold on. Well, like, I think we're, we're making a good point for spaghetti dinners, you know, bake sales, not good for raising money, but don't stop doing them. And there's a reason why we want you to keep doing them. And it's because they are beautiful community builders. The, the bake sale is a good thing to do to build community, and that's the purpose, and to advocate for your ministry, not necessarily to raise money. So, Chris, you've mentioned before, instead of having a price on the cookie, have a donation jar. Yep. You don't care. You don't care how much money you raise. You're there to raise awareness. You're there to make sure people know what your group is doing, whether they're going to the Holy Land, whether they're going to a work camp. You want people to, to be aware of what's going on. Yes. And you want to build community. So those spaghetti fundraisers are great for building community. That's the purpose of it. Not necessarily to raise money. Good point. Yeah. I don't want to throw any fundraising under the bus. Yeah. I mean, I kind of did because we <laughs> called it death to fundraising and there are certain fundraisers, but those same fundraisers, those things that we call fundraisers can definitely be community builders. Um, but again, <laughs> find someone beforehand to say, Hey, our uh, spaghetti dinner is going to cost $700 to do. Would you be willing to sponsor the spaghetti fundraiser? Boom. Now there's not even an expense that you're trying to match. We at least want to meet expenses for our community fundraisers. Like, nope, you did that because Steve over there <laughs> is covering it. Yeah. He, he ate three plates last year. And so, you know, <laughs> he's all about the spaghetti, you know? So, yeah. Well, good. Matt, what, um, what are some things that uh, you believe can happen like today? If you're like, okay, listener, this is kind of new information or this is uh, inspiring information. What's one thing that they can do today to go ahead and take action on this? Uh, the, the first thing you're going to want to do is, is ex- educate yourself around this and, and gather more resources before you just walk into father's office. So I wouldn't walk into father's office right now. You know, or, or what were you going to say, Chris? You're waving we- your hand. Go for yeah, it. Well, yeah, I, I, I was kind of talking with my hands. I was like, yes, go, Matt. Break so, <laughs> so what I would recommend is go buy two copies of yep. The God Ask. Yep. One for you and one for your pastor. That way, when you walk into his office, you're going to want to hold on to your copy because it actually does have kind of a field guide to Absolutely. Ben- benefactor fundraising. But you want to give Father one as well. 
And that, that'll help the conversation. That'll help the dialogue when you get to that point. But yes, educate yourself further. Yeah. Um, and the God ask is written specifically in a way to, I, I mean, it's not just Protestant missionaries who are trying to fund a mission to go and evangelize to a particular community or to go and do a certain project. But that's exactly what you're doing. I mean, not that you're not necessarily a Protestant missionary, but you are a missionary who is called to serve a particular group of people and you need to raise the funds to do so. And so that's, that's kind of, you know, just so you know a little bit about the background of the book. The book. And yeah, but it's a great resource for funding your mission, you know, what you're doing. So you'll want to find that. And their website is supportraisingsolutions.com. I find there are a ton of great blogs on there, great ways to respond to those asks. Because, I mean, you're going to get pushback. I mean, some parishioners will say, oh, well, you know, I give every week in the, in the Sunday collection. You know, so what's your response to that? You know, or the church should be paying for this. I don't need to pay for this. What's your response to that? Right. And you need to find responses like, you know, from that on the, on those resources, support raising solutions. Well, and so I think that the, the other piece is that we need to make sure that we change our mentality. Yeah. That we're not an employee or we're not just a ministry leader. We're a missionary in the yes. church. Like we Absolutely. are in a mission field and that means that we have to be dependent on others and that dependence requires also a boldness to go two by two, you know, in the gospel, you know, to go and uh, be bold. So you actually just we need to write this down because that that idea, that's one of the reasons I love have, being a missionary and having missionaries is I feel like the I don't know if it's called the professionalization of ministry or what, but I feel like the the fact that our, our ministers get checks every week from a parish disconnects them from the people in the pews who are actually giving them that money. Ah, oh, that's interesting. You know, and so that missionary mindset of the ministry leader, I feel like it's been lost. And I, I think that that'd be a great podcast, a great topic for us to dive into and wrestle with. And those of you who have opinions on this, I know this is a future show, but if you know someone or if you yourself would love to talk about that and be a guest on our show, email us, mla at ablazeyouth.org. Excellent. And the next piece, as we always would say, is to make sure that you're taking this to prayer. Yes. That, that, that is another piece that if you're like, right now I want to do it, take 10 minutes in prayer and then get a note card and write five names down. Yeah. And then stick that, stick that post-it note somewhere where you can see it and, uh, and, and get that book and start thinking, how am I going to ask these five people? Like it's God called has the God people. ask for a reason. Yeah. yeah. You're supposed how- to asking God first, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So take it to prayer, write down a few names, and that'll be like that accountability for that next step because you've already got the names of people that you want to seek out. And it's beautiful. Hey, so death to fundraising, um, great topic. There's a lot more on it. Matt and I have actually given a, a presentation, a conference on us. We want to hear from you guys. What other questions do you have? What's the thing that makes you most nervous? What's the thing that makes you most excited? Where would you put, if you had $40,000 fall into your lap today, where would you put it towards ministry, towards the kingdom of God? Yeah. So, um, We're excited to hear from you guys. Yeah, and you can hear us the best way, or my favorite way, is, of course, our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash MLA podcast. You can also find us. Yep. Go ahead. (laughs) You you paused. I was like, is it my turn? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. You always (laughs) love talking about Twitter. Yeah, you can find us on the Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash MLA podcast. 
Um, we're in the other places. Uh, of course, uh, MLAPodcast.com is our website and the email MLA at ablazeyouth.org. Please write us a review on iTunes. This that helps us a ton for people that are curious as to whether this is a decent Catholic podcast or if this is uh, just one of those cruddy ones. And they look at those reviews. And so if you like what you hear here, if you've listened to us more than three or four times, you must like it. Take the 30 seconds, take the minute that it takes to write us a review, even if it's just, you know, I like that pizza shirt that Chris wore that one time. They, it's a podcast, Matt. They can't hear us. I mean, see they, us. Hey, we've seen those videos. That video has been on there. By the way, guys, it, Chris has won a pizza shirt, so feel free to use that comment in your in your rate and review on iTunes. Great. Yes. So now they're <laughs> it's nominally Catholic. They talk a lot about shirts, but it's a great podcast. Um, you guys, we want you to be bold in ministry. Uh, share this with another ministry leader that you're like, let's dream together. What would we do with an extra 40 grand in our budget in, uh, in our parish? And uh, here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders. We will see you all next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. And God bless God you bless. God bless. God bless. God bless y'all. God bless every. God bless us all. Bless. God bless. God bless. God bless. God bless. God bless.